panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. TreeCR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally Goldner. First broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoon. I am Sally Goldner. My pronouns used are female ones. She, her. TreeCR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay our respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. And we're on land that was stolen and never ceded. And oh, a reminder that is always implicit in every program and sometimes is said explicitly or expressly that any pro, um, opinion stated on this show are my own personal opinions and not on any resemblance to views and opinions of any organisation with which, with which I am involved is purely coincidental. And um, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue Diving deep for the marine news, as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon, swimming in the deep blue sea and rivers and lakes and all sorts of watery um, places in a safe way. Um, Lots of ways to get in touch with the show, and there's lots to talk about. Tell you that in a second. Um, You can do it by emailing outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS at 61456751. 215. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. Or you can look for the posts on Facebook, on my page, um, Sally Goldner, and on Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Now, I will mention that um, if you need to contact Switchboard, including, including QLife, I'm going to mention that number straight off the bat 1 800 184 527 few topics on today on the happier side of things we'll be talking to the fabulous charlie snow who's a fabulous binary buster and we'll wrap up the election the last show before the election what will we know this time next week and um, what hope what can we hope we know um also have a look at unfortunately a very uh, transphobic piece written sadly by a 78 i have lots of respect for them but i'm not so good but we do have to open with a content or trigger warning um, for mention of violence, um, or in fact, dis- description of violence, um, mention of um, the topic of racism, and mention of queer phobia. Because we've had um, the reason I played progress and wondering if we're going to get it on either the macro or the micro level has been um, the difficult situation that um, happened at 2am on as um, just into Saturday morning and was revealed 12 hours later as per this post by Crusader Crusader Hillis of um, the fabulous um, Queer Culture Centre, as I will call it, Hairs and Hyenas, and I'm going to give some exact quotes, as I say, um, if if you are someone who is triggered, please perhaps um, activate self-care, or I'd prefer that if your self-care involves they're not listening for a few minutes that's fine so posted about two between 2 and 3 p.m yesterday 
Last night, 2am, we were raided by the police who broke in through our garage as they thought an armed member of a, in inverted commas, Lebanese gang was inside. At no stage did they identify themselves as police. They just stormed into a dark room shining torches and it was impossible to identify them as police. Nick Dimopoulos, thinking it was an anti-gay home invasion, rushed out the door, downstairs and onto the street where he was forcefully detained. At no time did the police say when they were chasing him, say, stop, police, as you would expect. And here's the, perhaps the, um, we're coming up to the peak of the content warning here. He had his hands tethered behind his back, way behind beyond what can be endured, and then they had no implement to remove them even after an ambulance had been called. He could only see boots and rifles and was assuming he was going to be bashed or shot. He said he thought he was about to be killed. Meanwhile, Crusader was bailed up and Roland upstairs trying to find his phone to call the police. When Crusader tried to act as a witness to Nick's detention in the gutter, he was threatened with being detained himself but refused to move. Here's, well, where we're right at the top of the content warning. Nick is now in hospital with the likelihood of using the use of his left arm, which is broken in several places from the shoulder down. The surgeon described the injury as 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Crusader and Roland are both shaken but physically fine. Nick also has a huge contusion on his head from being thrown onto the pavement. Once again, I say, at no time did the police identify themselves. Crusader's emphasis, end quote. Whoa, I don't really know where to start on that. Um, that is just, it's very, very difficult. And um, first of all, I suppose the, the thing to start with is the every rainbow, trans and gender diverse, bi-pan, multi-gender attracted and queer energy to Crusader, Roland and Nick, and every um, swiftly healing energy to um, um, to um, um, to Nick. Obviously a horrible situation. And there's so many questions um, going on um, there that it's hard to know where to start. Why didn't the police... Um, if it's the case, not say that they were police. Um, now, there's debate here. Is it a queerphobic or homophobic attack? I don't know if there's evidence there to talk about that. But if they were looking for a Lebanese gang member, and I don't know Nick's, um, we'll say, cultural or nationalistic type of background, and they saw someone, I will use the phrase of Mediterranean origin, is there some racial profiling going on? Well, prima facie... I will say yes and think that we've got a huge problem. But why didn't the police, um, you know, sort of say stop or anything like that? There's a huge problem as well. Uh, also want to know um, as well um, why they threatened a witness. And police seem to do this a lot. Um, at one point when I was working at a community legal centre, um, they took someone's phone and would not unlock it in the person's police because... Um, in a person's presence because the person had recorded it and refused to tell them with their password, which they don't have to do. So that is, to me, inappropriate as well. Um, and um, trying to find... There is a story that was online in the age, and now it seems to have disappeared a bit, um, um, about this where the police said um, that um, there was a, it was some sort of mistake. Well, that's putting it mildly. But this is incredibly worrying, and I think there's something that people might need to understand here. If you are perhaps not a member of the queer community, or perhaps have had, um, half your luck, a good run, um, you may not understand what it's like to um, 
you know, sort of have the situation where something like this happens. It's all very well to say, oh, it's 2019 in Melbourne and we've got marriage equality, isn't it all better now? Well, if you've faced um, trauma in the past for being any part of our rainbow communities, it's not easy to just let it go. There can be a huge sense of mistrust um, that can come up and, um, you know, that's, um, you know, sort of something that needs to be considered. And um, I think... um, that's very, very important to consider. Um, and so if something like that happens, it would be a natural enough reaction that you might, well, um, you know, sort of think, well, it's, it's an anti-gay raid and perfectly reasonable. So the lack of consideration, um, you know, for, um, the, you know, what has happened here is utterly disgraceful. have just managed to bring up the age story on another device. For some reason, the laptop's... Um, rejecting and I thought we might have had some censorship going on there. Police are under investigation um, over an operation at a Fitzroy property um, and said the residents say heavily armed officers stormed the apartment attached to the quote gay community bookshop and cafe hairs and hyenas and um, they were told that there was an armed member of a Lebanese gang and um, police were at the wrong property, failed to identify themselves, called serious injuries to another man stormed into a dark room, shining torches, impossible to identify them. And um, and then it, um, Police Minister Neville, um, Police Minister Lisa Neville said the community deserved a full explanation investigation and it will be crucial to, as to how it understand and ensure it doesn't happen again. She's acknowledged the distress the situation has caused to the victim and thoughts and sympathy and then said it would be inappropriate to comment further. And um, the Age article rightly says, Hairs and Hyenas has been a hub for LGBT arts and culture, widely regarded to be a pillar of the queer scene. A spokesperson for the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, Dale Park, said a full investigation should be launched to determine if police were aware the GL- an LGBTI venue. And I um, hope there isn't anything to, to do with that. Police have done a lot of work to upskill their officers to deal with members of the community. Well, I'll come back to that in a second, and we don't want that work to be undermined. And this does involve need a thorough investigation, Dale has said. Um, police have confirmed a man was mistakenly arrested um, and seriously injured. Um, they tracked a vehicle on East Link, and it was the vehicle was tracked to Fitzroy. There were units searching around Johnson Street. A male um, fitting a description given to members was seen in a dress before 2.30 and said that a man was arrested after he left through the front door of the property. Well, that's, I'm not sure if that's admitting they're at the wrong place. Um, Victoria Police has acknowledged the distress this situation caused and will be investigated by the Professional Standards Council. Well, that's all very well, but I'm sorry. I have real problems with um, the umpires running out onto the field in the colours of one team. This has to be done independently um, and have, or at least have equal numbers of police, community members and others on the investigation. Otherwise, I don't think people are going to buy it. This is where I'm going to make a deeply personal statement. I have tried. There's a saying that I heard many years ago to start off. Do you um, create change from working on the inside or the outside, inside the system or out? And of course, on this show, we don't believe in binaries and um, don't want them. And therefore, um, we'll very much um, you know, say that it's going to vary from place to place, person to person, occasion to occasion, and it comes down to an intuition call. But in the last 12 months, I've been extremely 
losing trust and worried about the police behaviours on many angles. Incidents at Pride March 2018, whereby a trans woman was carted away for chalking, which is perfectly legal. Um, You know, um, when the Liberal Party had someone raise their voice at them from the crowd, security carted them away. Funny how the Liberal Party is all for individual freedom and freedom of speech, except when it suits them. Now, that wasn't police, but it's still security, and I'll come to that in a second. We then had the horrendous response to the Eurydice Dixon uh, murder, and two years after another murder, um, with obviously the respect, the critical thing here is the respect to the person who is no longer with us, or people, and their family and friends, um, where police said, no, you've got to take responsibility for your, your surroundings, and that sort of thing. Well, no, you know, once is a mistake, twice is a problem. Um, 250,000 false breath tests. Um, what else have we had? Um, I'll just say footage of an interaction between six police and a disability pensioner. Uh, sorry, I have an award that I'm proud that I've put in the effort for going to the Community Encounters Program, which tries to talk to police about diversity. But I think we've hit a bit of a brick wall. Because at the bottom line of this, with police and other similar occupations like security, is macho culture. Toxic masculinity, selfishness, I'll do whatever I want, I've got a stripe on my arm, I'm God, or in the police case there can also be only two ways to do policing, kick heads and kick heads harder. And I think this is where we're hitting a brick wall. Yes, we've picked some low-hanging and even some medium-hanging fruit, and what Dale Park said to the age is quite right, that um, there has been some good work. But we also need to acknowledge disparities that it's easier for... um, in, first of all, in simple terms, gays and lesbians than it is for trans and gender diverse. And if you're a trans person who blends in as someone of feminine or masculine expectations in terms of appearance, it's also easier. And there's been now three or three research pieces showing concerns about um, police and trans. And, you know, I'm all for trying to change from the inside, and I think that needs to happen. And if you can do it good and trying to declare any possible interest... Transgender Victoria has someone, there is a person who is a committee member of Transgender Victoria on the police LGBTI reference group. But, um, you know, unless we look at the real issues, this and probably this macho culture issues that I mentioned are so much unconscious bias within police, I wonder if they've seen it. Well, it's in the open now and it's going to need to be dealt with and this whole lack of accountability police will be accountable to themselves is not appropriate. So big issues coming out of this and again, emphasising that when you have a lived experience of trauma, something like this can easily re-trigger it. So lots to be worked out um, is all I can say. And let's hope we work it out as quickly as we can. Um, so, yeah, not a pleasant topic. Um, again, if you are in any way distressed, please talk to someone about that. Don't bottle it up or talk to um, Switchboard, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. 3pm till midnight around the country, and that's in all local times. So in Australian Eastern time, that is 3pm through till 2am tomorrow, because you might still get be able to get someone over in Perth, for example, um, who are all equally well trained. All right, a big issue to start the show. We're going to ease it back um, in the next segment. We're going to talk to the fabulous Charlie Snow and do some binary busting on 3CR. And, oh, got a bit of a cryptic track. Um, let's play this one. Um, and tell you why. Um, well, you'll hear Charlie's story and you'll realise why we're playing it. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 
3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Svako dobro Bosno i Hercegovino. Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and dairy producers. The first Sunday of the month at 7am on your favourite station, 3CR, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. That's us. All the ways to listen to 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting, noon till one, Sunday afternoon. And, yep, welcome your comments on the first segment. Well, last night I thought, hmm, I was out and about um, um, and um, was having dinner with some wonderful friends and one said, I'll come on the show. What a good idea. And I have said person on the line um, to tell a bit about their journey of all sorts of aspects and welcome to 3CR, Charlie Snow. Aloha, Sally. Thanks for having me on. Well, yes, aloha is definitely the greeting, which is why I played a version of the No Nonsense track from the 80s and their cover of the Hawaii Five-O theme. Um, we're going to have a chat, so we'll have a chat about that. But um, I should check in um, and, uh, and clarify for our listeners which pronouns you use, if any. Mahalo, thank you for checking. Yeah, I use they, them and theirs pronouns. Aha, which gives us some hints to some of your journeys, but um, how we, you know, a journey is ongoing and whatever point we're at. So um, tell us, um, at risk of sounding like a 70s and 80s TV show, um, tell us the Charlie Snow story. This is your life. (laughs) Ah. Where do I start? It's, it's a big story. Um, so I'll, I'll focus on the gender aspect because that's probably most relevant to mm-hmm. the show and right in this moment. Yeah, so, um, and I like that you say it's an ongoing journey because it really mm-hmm. is. And I was sitting here reflecting on, you know, how do I talk about this and how do I identify and what do I want to share with people? And it, it very much is an evolving journey, life is, but um, all aspects of that, you know, who I am, how I relate to the world, how I understand myself and everything. So, yeah, I, for the purpose of, um, easy understanding and clarity, I usually identify as Mm non-binary. And that is because, for many reasons, one is because I don't identify as a binary gender. I don't feel that I fit into that um, in my life and my feeling about myself and how I relate to the world. Um, But also because where we're at with our... um, yeah, kind of collectively with our understanding of gender, that that is a term that some people understand and it's a, it's a growing understanding, a non-binary. Mm-hmm. But I actually, in my heart, identify as mahu, which uh-huh. is a Hawaiian term. 
And mahu, people say it means different things. Some people say it means anyone who's gender or sexually diverse, and I definitely fit into both of those categories. But mahu also means someone who walks in the middle. So some people who are mahu identify as both binary genders of male and female, and some people identify as more in the middle of kind of neither or walking that middle path. And so, yeah, for me, I identify as mahu and as human, really. Um, and I feel like I've been very, very blessed in my life in many ways, um, but particularly related to the gender story. I was brought up by a parent who was very progressive and not limited in their thinking, particularly around gender stuff. And um, it, my mum identified as a mum and still does. And she, um, yeah, was a single parent and was a really staunch feminist. And so it meant that... Um, even though I was assigned female at birth, she brought me up very much to understand that I could choose anything I wanted to be when I grew up. I could choose anything that I wanted to do as I was growing up and it wasn't related to gender in any way. And so, um, you know, she dressed me in all sorts of clothes and I was thinking about it before this interview and thinking about all the photos of me when I was really young and I can't remember actually seeing any photos of me in dresses. It was all really practical clothes and um, I had a wide variety of toys and I could just choose whatever I wanted to play with. So nothing around me immediately was gendered Mm -hmm. And I think that that really helped me as I grew up to just um, find myself um, outside of any boxes. And what that meant as I entered my teenage years is it was interesting because I felt like I never really fitted in anywhere with any particular groups of people. I never felt like I fitted in particularly with the girls. I never felt like I fitted in particularly with the boys or any, you know, subcultures of people at school or anything. But I was actually really um, comfortable with that. I didn't feel like I needed to fit in because what I was seeing around me was um, people playing out, you know, different um, limitations and different um, boxes if you like. And I, yeah, I didn't feel that I fitted into that and I didn't feel that I needed to. I could just be myself. Yep. Um, Yeah. And so then that that also played into when I started exploring my sexuality and I was really, really grateful that I had all of this background, which meant that I very easily and naturally fell into exploring connections with people for who they were rather than because of their gender or their sexuality. And so I had relationships and, you know, sexually intimate connections with people of all different genders, and I always have done. And for me, there's a real freedom in that. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, the background. Yep. So... It seems like there's a, a theme that listening to that that came through is you had some pretty, um, you know, strong affirmation just as a person from your um, single mu- um, single parent um, that yep. which is we, uh, it's, I know it's a no brainer that you know when people have parental support to be themselves in trans and I imagine in virtually anything, um, it's a, a bit um, obviously they're going to do better. So you had somewhat of a um, good sort of um, foundation to start off on. 
Yeah, I did. And I feel really grateful for that. And I thank my mum all the time for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really helped me. Yeah. I wanted to bring one thing on before we perhaps look at where you are now and where things are heading. And that is, of course, the um, the mention of Mahu and, mm. and the Wikipedia entry for what it's worth. Um, and of course, everyone's definition can mean, um, the same word can mean different things to people. But Mahu, it says here on Wikipedia, in the middle in Kanaki, sorry, Kanaka Maiali, Hawaiian and Mahui Taishan are third gender persons with traditional spirit and social roles within the culture, similar to the yeah. Tongan Whakaleiti and Samoan Fafafini. So, um, you know, there's... Um, I, um, so I wanted to talk to you about that because Hawaiian culture has been a very big part of your life and you've been mm. on the show before, but people may not have heard that. So let's have, just have a quick um, thought, few thoughts about that. Mm, great. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hawaiian culture is very much a part of my life. And I, yeah, about 17 years ago, I discovered Hawaiian massage, Lomi Lomi, and discovered um, at the time after basically praying to spirit to find what my life purpose was, that that is my life purpose. And so for the last 17 years, apart from also being a parent, I have been dedicated to that journey. And I've been to Hawaii several times and trained with many different elders and I was given permission to teach um, Lomi Lomi Hawaiian massage from a very respected Hawaiian elder named Papa Kay. And, yeah, so now I run a business with my partner, Paige Phoenix. We run the Institute of Living Aloha and we offer sessions and training in Hawaiian Lomi Lomi massage. But what goes hand in hand with that is learning about the Hawaiian culture and basically kind of, you know, the philosophy behind that and, and how that informs ways of living from the heart and the way that we do all of our work, including the sessions and the training, is we're very inclusive of all genders and sexualities and we offer a reduced price scholarship place in every single workshop and training course that we provide for someone who's gender diverse and we're really passionate about supporting our gender diverse community because unfortunately, you know, as so many of us know, there's not a lot of um, safe bodywork practices for um, all practitioners to to work with um, in that way. Yeah, look, so, it's yeah. a big issue, and of course, lot um, you know, lots of health professionals, or it seems there's still a very rigid um, sort of binary in terms of um, heterosexuality and gender normativity. Lots of things to do with sex positivity, going say one or two ballparks across, like tantra, for example. You know, this seems to be an issue, and um, yeah. I suppose you know, you and I are probably going to see that's not good enough. The question is thoughts about changing it, which leads to something we really wanted to talk about. Mm, you know, about what, the educational part of it? Yeah, because you're, you know, um, I imagine that, you know, I'm, I'm a binary trans woman, so even if a form, for example, only says male-female circle one, I'm okay, but, you know, there's things yeah. like that. And so in all sorts of aspects of life, um, you know, you're probably having to do some education. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's a thing, and I I feel, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a struggle um, within myself, but I do also feel lucky, I guess, in that um, I feel that a part of my role here is education, so I'm happy mm. to take on that role. Um, but I totally recognise that that's not every gender diverse person's role on this planet. 
Um, but unfortunately, as a gender diverse person, particularly if you don't fit into a binary, um, it's a it's a constant thing of education. Like you know, I'm negotiating things with my child's school all the time. Um, my child identifies as a girl, and she's just started playing soccer in a girls' team, and they invited me to go along to what they call soccer mums, and I joined that, and it fantastic and I love it and I'm going to start playing soccer with them and but it's you know I have to have the conversations with everyone everywhere I go about do they understand about gender diversity am I actually included you know can they use my pronouns can we change the ways that we talk about things can they change the forms and it's absolutely constant everywhere I go Um, and sometimes that is a little bit tiring but I am finding, particularly in Melbourne, I just moved back here about seven months ago after being away for 10 years, and I'm finding at this moment in time, at least for me in my experience, I am being met with um, open minds and with um, people really wanting to make the changes, which is really exciting. Like at my kids' school, I went, um, I got asked to donate a gift voucher for Lami Lami Massage to what they were calling the Mother's Day raffle for the Indigenous Food Garden. They were raising money for that. And I said, yeah, I'd absolutely love to donate a voucher for that, but can we look at calling it something else? Because it's not very inclusive. And that's looking at, um, it's not just, is it including people who are non-binary or mahu or, you know, who don't fit into those boxes? But it's also about people who don't necessarily have mums. Mm. You know, they might have two dads or they might be living with their grandparents or they might be in foster care or something. And so let's just, you know, look at how can we be more inclusive of everyone. And so they invited me to come to the school council meeting and share my story and talked about that and fantastically they heard that and they changed it on the spot and so now they call it caregivers day so they had their first caregivers day barbecue on friday that i went along to which was really exciting um but yeah it's um it it is a matter of um having those conversations everywhere i go and um seeing seeing how that's um received and what people then do with it yeah well, I mean, look, the, the the fact that it was changed on the spot, no, we didn't have to take it to three committees, six government advisory groups or whatever, just click bingo. I mean, that's, I know. that's pretty damn awesome binary busting high five sort of stuff or by, <laughs> or by five, if you, of course, because this is 20 by teen. Um, yeah. But um, that's a separate issue. But that, that, you know, that's a lot of people sort of, yeah, they'll want to look at it. They just realise, yep, we're not being inclusive enough, we need to um, improve our inclusivity, bingo. That's a pretty damn good outcome. That's one of the best, I I have to say, as a long time um, involved in the community person, that's one of the best outcomes and processes I've ever heard. (laughs) Yay! I was pretty blown away too, actually, and everyone that I told said, wow, like normally things have to go through a process. That's really quite amazing. But I had... To put it in a little bit of context, I had had several conversations with the principal around gender diversity before that, including when we enrolled our child and um, also including having to go into the principal's office and talk about the structure of the classes because my kid's in a Steiner stream and they're, you know, singing these lovely songs about the sun and the moon and relating it to male and female and getting the kids to separate into groups of male and female. Mm. And that's fine for my kid because she identifies as a girl, but I know there's gender-diverse kids in in 
that class that are not okay with it and someone needs to go and speak up for them. Um, and so, you know, I had gone and spoken to the principal about this before and thankfully he's really open-minded and he was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. You know, thank you for bringing that to my attention. So, And we have also talked about um, Paige and I going into the school and running, a, a, you know, a talk on gender diversity for the, all of the staff and the teachers. So there were some things that happened in the background, so I don't think it came as a surprise to the principal. That is all, you know, just in, incredibly awesome. I think there is a point that was also worth mentioning there that, you know, sometimes people haven't thought about things and that's okay, you know. Yes. You know, you, yes. you can't expect people to just magically know everything, but if they've responded quickly by going, oh, okay, let's get on and, you know, make it better, um, yes. you know, then to me that's the critical factor there that they've moved quickly. It shows yes. their values and their processes are working 100%. And that is just, yep. that to me is the sort of sensational bit there that um, yeah. just says, uh, you know, that that's a sort of, organization of values and culture now out of respect for your child i won't ask you to mention the school on air but if possible if people think gee i'd love to send my child to that school um perhaps i can um you know um and they can contact me and i can pass the name on because there's probably people who'd like to go there and you know when things like that happen of course it keeps we'll say raising the bar so to speak and keeping the standards up um you know phenomenal 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 so you know that's it that's good. And it must, I mean, you know, it's good when you get those sort of outcomes because it can be a hard slog when you're part of a, I'll say in air quotes, minority group. And sometimes you feel like you're climbing up Mount Everest and all of a sudden, whoa, yeah. there's a cha- there's someone who's just given you a chairlift right up a bit. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's pretty cool. It is very cool. And I, I think it's a sign of the time right now and the willingness of, you know, people to shift their perspective. Because I think that if this, you know, if I was in the same situation a couple of years ago, it wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have had the same response. Yeah, I think things are moving a bit faster now, which is really exciting. Yeah, look, I think they are as well. Look, there's so much more. Where where next? I mean, I mean, you can't know, you can't predict the future. But what what are things you would like to see either for yourself or for mm. gender generally, so to speak? Just to finish mm. it on on a sort of um, note of a uh, vision. Yeah, it's a great question. I honestly would just love for the culture in general to shift to a point where the understanding of gender is that it is a spectrum and that people can move in that spectrum even in their own lifetime as an individual. They can move within that. And I would really love to see language um, and understanding shift so that people aren't making assumptions. Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing. Well, we've had a classic bit of assumption stuff happening this week with, of course, um, I'll have to think this through, Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor, who's been assigned male at birth. And you can probably already imagine that given um, his royal background, which military service we're going to put him, what's he going to do in? Well, you know, if he turns out to be trans or gender diverse and has a different sense of gender identity and expression, well, what happens there? So, you know, I agree with you on assumptions and just let's have everyone be able to be themselves without stigma at least and preferably being valued. Yeah, and being valued, absolutely. Being valued for who you are. Yep, every aspect of it. That's right, yeah. 
Look, Charlie, yep. thanks thanks for the chat, and particularly at short short notice, barely 12 hours, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. So I do yeah, appreciate you coming on, and, of course, you are a Lomi Lomi, Lomi practitioner. Perhaps if people want to get in touch with you about that and learn more about that, what's the best way to get in touch mm, with you? Thanks for asking, yeah. So you can go through my website, which is Blistitute, so like Institute, but Bliss. B-L-I-S-S-T-I-T-U-T-E, com, or you can find me on Facebook, Charlie Snow. Excellent. Charlie. Yeah. And before we go, Sally, I just really want to acknowledge all of the people that have come before us, like you and many other amazing gender diverse people who have been doing the hard slog for a really long time. Um, yeah, so because we wouldn't be, or I wouldn't be in this position right now where things are moving much faster unless people like you and other gender diverse people hadn't have done the work beforehand. So thank oh, you so much. Look, yeah. thank you for that. And well, um, yeah, I agree. People in Victoria like Julie Peters and Colleen White who were doing advocacy um, when you had to do um, phone tree calls to um, get a committee meeting going. One person would tell, call two and the other two would call two or something like that. And now we've got, we take email lists and Facebook groups for granted. So yeah, there's lots of people who have done good stuff. Everyone who gave a bit of vision, all that sort of thing. So, and thank you for your thoughts, but there's you know plenty I thank as well. Um, yeah, long sure. may our trans and gender diverse family grow in visibility. Yes. I'll leave you to your Sunday with your family um, diver- um, in its all its diversity. Thanks for coming on again, Charlie. And yeah, stay in touch. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Charlie Snow. Um, so much in that um, conversation there that, um, you know, just makes so much for some good, thoughtful stuff um, and maybe. You know, despite the obstacles we face, we can keep rolling along. All right, um, let's. What am I going to rip out some music on now? Um, choices, choices, choices. Just have a quick one. Um, well, it's not quite um, Hawaiian surf, but you, of course, I had to do a play on words. Um, it wouldn't be um, possible to do the show without um, something like that. Let's have a quick listen to a red gum track. Not surfing, but surfing. USA 3CR. 855 AM 3CR Digital 3CR.org.au 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally. ¿Sabía usted que se puede dejar una herencia a 3CR? ¿Por qué no dar este paso incluyendo esta estación en su testamento? Los formularios se adquieren en el correo y la información se obtiene en los centros comunitarios de información legal o en los sindicatos de trabajo. Porque Radio 13R cumple 30 años brindando la voz clara y firme de la comunidad hispanohablante en Melbourne. Al momento hay seis programas en idioma español, los viernes desde las seis y media de la tarde, y también los domingos de mañana está Latin American Update en inglés. Si desea conversar sobre el tema del testamento, llame al 94198377 y toda la información sobre esta radio También está en la internet en www.3cr.org.au. Hágase parte de la celebración de los 30 años de 3CR Radio Comunitaria de Melbourne. Gracias. 3CR proudly supporting diversity in all forms. 855am digital 3cr.org.au and on demand. Thanks to Charlie for coming on to the show. Um, awesome, and yeah, find out more about Lomi Lomi. I've been, I've had a Lomi Lomi, and it's very relaxing. Ah, 
All right. Unfortunately, um, oh, well, very, we've got a packed last segment as we wrap through the show. Um, and um, um, have to pull out, um, withdraw one of the planned Paul Kelly tracks from the fantastic new double um, CD um, that um, I got quick delivered very quickly this week, live at the Sydney Opera House. Um, a, a gaggle of Paul's um, great tracks. But, of course, if you wanted to put all great Paul's great tracks on, you'd just have a box set of his entire collection. He's the pan. Um, things coming up in the community. Polyvic discussion this Tuesday night. Trans Cafe night um, for Seahorse on the Wednesday Bent TV rolling along on Friday, Kingston, um, which of course is Ida Hobbit Day. It's a busy week coming up. Um, Hobbit season, duck season, um, all that sort of thing. Um, what you need is a little more briefing, more briefing, more briefing. Anyway, um, International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Transphobia, and sometimes intersexism is added in there to make it Ida Hobbit, um, to be inclusive. Um, so yeah, good day to celebrate our rainbow communities and those similar in all forms. Um, so yeah, lots happening. Um, but of course, um, I do want to get through one piece. It was um, emerged last weekend, and I feel this needs to get commented on. It's a piece that was in the um, Sydney Morning Herald slash Age opinion piece. Silencing Falau with queer fascism betrays our gay marriage victory. So we're not off to a good start. But what got me was this is written by Dawn Grace Cohen, um, who is a 78er. Um, and she goes on to say that marriage equality activists won over Australians not by silencing the opposition but by winning the argument. Well, um, to some extent that's true. She was one of them and she married her fiancé after a 34-year engagement. Lucky you. Resorting to bully tactics. Really? Um, you know, sounds like you've got your marriage and it's all okay now. We've asked the country to celebrate our diversity. That means we have to celebrate diversity of opinions. Oh, you can bet. Um, yeah, right. Um, remember Galileo? Well, yes, Darwin was also driven a trot. Well, they weren't putting out hate speech. Dictators on the left and the right have a poor track record in tolerating opposition. Now, she goes on to say, queer fascism that rules through fear rather than reason persuasion. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> and what do, the, what do um, people say when they say it's converting our children or something or that trans women are a threat in bathrooms? Seriously? Now, listen to what she says here, which is a giveaway. First, they came for Jermaine Greer for speaking her mind on transgender ideology. Uh, radical, I should have given a content warning there. I do apologise. But, yeah, radical feminism alert, radical feminism alert. They took away from jobs from musicians who refused to comply with a, que a queer boycott of the Queer Women's Music Festival. The Michigan's festival is well known for its transphobia for a long time. Martina Navratilova sacked um, and Barry Humphrey stripped of an honour. Um, and all of these sorts of things. So this sounds like someone who's got what they want and doesn't give a damn about anyone else. They've got in, they've shut the door behind them, and who cares? Um, so, um, you know, um, I think that we've got someone there who's not showing a lot of empathy, and that sort of thing needs to be condemned carefully. You know, I'm, I sometimes think of my own position. I'm someone who is... You know, yes, I'm trans and I'm bi, and that puts me in some areas further down the list, but um, or the totem pole of life, if you like. But I'm white, I'm middle class, I'm middle cohort of age. I've always had a roof over my head, a roof of my choosing. I've never been incarcerated. All those things doesn't seem to me like um, um, that the writer there has really considered her issues. 
Well, as we get to the end of the final show before next week's federal election, um, wow, I I don't want to make too much comment on this election. I'm not going to obviously make partisan comment. But I have to say, overall, it's been a very deflating campaign, a very uninspiring campaign with um, hand over fist dollars and promises of this and that and how many of them will be kept and can it be afforded and very little that seems um, of great humanity. And so um, you know, I've been putting out um, a little um, possibility on Twitter every day 35 days of positive vision. I think we're going to have to make our own positive vision, so I'm not going to naturally say who to vote for, but make your own positive vision when you vote. If you haven't voted already, if you're one of the, you'd probably see the millions and millions of the Rocks fans around the world. No, that's another sort of millions. Um, But lots of people have already voted. But if you haven't, I think there's your um, guide. Just let's get some positive, genuine, sincere, heartfelt positivity. It was once said that Australians have a, a unique national ability to see through um, phoniness, there's another eight-letter word beginning with B and ending in IT that could be substituted there. And I hope that Australians still have that ability, that we haven't had it sort of um, manipulated out of us in any way, because I think we need to call a lot of um, phoniness um, about this election. It's been pretty damn boring. Um, so we'll see what happens next next Saturday night, Festival Hall. No, that's um, later in June when New Japan Pro Wrestling comes out. Um, is there a theme there? You figure it out for yourselves. Um, so um, um, lots to consider. Um, vote carefully, vote thoughtfully if you are going to vote um, is you know where we need to think about things. So, yeah, pretty um, overall depressing sort of um, campaign on the majority of issues. Um, we discussed last week the policies of the three larger, three largest parties, Liberal, in simple terms, Liberal and National, rolling all the variations of that into one, and um, Labor and Greens, and they're on rainbow votes. Um, dot, um, you know, I'm in Australia, check that one out um, and see how they all stack up. It was also worth noting that um, James McKenzie on In Your Face, one of 3CR's um, shows that focuses on uh, rainbow issues, um, had Anna Brown from Equality Australia on on uh, Friday afternoon. You can catch On Demand and later on the podcast of that um, to uh, make sure um, you are informed of the issues or go to rainbowvotes.com.au um, and have a look at the scorecard and the comparison of the um, you know three larger parties. Um, but um, yeah, hope you get your democracy sausage of any sort um um, even if you have to stay if you're like me who has already voted i have to cook my own i suppose anyway we'll work that out when the time comes um so yeah have all the election news next week also hoping to finalize a guest for at the again at the grassroots of things um we're here in city of yarra and hopefully we'll have some guests on from city of yarra to talk about a new lgbti program that's emerging and of course we still need lots of them. Again, all the vibes to the crew down at Hares and Hyenas. And I should add, if you can afford to buy something, um, either in store or online, I did pop by, drive by very quickly this morning on my way here, and the doors are open. So hop on in, spend money with them if you can afford to do so. But if you haven't got money, because lots of rainbow people don't, we're not all pink dollar corporates or anything, make sure that you send them all the vibes you have. And I do have to say, on a, just to end on a positive note, um, 
that where communities have been known for their disagreements, but the 100% plus support thrown behind Chris Ader and Roland from all parts of the rainbow, even if you might not agree with them, has been phenomenal. So well done to our community in a time of need. Well, take it out then today. Well, not in a religious sense, but let's, um, in six days' time, let's hope that if we have some faith in the broad sense of the word, um, that we will get um, the best government we can for the next three years. So I'll take it out with the Dukes. No, not them damn Dukes of Hazard. The Dukes headed by Sean Kelly after he left the models and Faith. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.